0: Why don't you start us off with prayer this morning? Would you do that?
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, Father God, thank you that um, when we went to sleep last night, we did not know if today would be a day for us. And you have brought us into this day. Um, And it is with this day, uh, you have a purpose and a plan. And there's goodness um, and ministry and love for us to to walk in and so we ask for clear eyes and minds and hearts to um, pursue this day for your glory and we thank you for this time that you have uh, just cleared out for us to come and be parents together and to hear um hear inspiration and and strategy and um, conviction in jesus name amen, amen.
0: Awesome. Well, we're thrilled that you showed up. If you came last week, you weren't scared away by the little sermon clip uh, that we shared. Uh, if you if this is your first time or if you're coming back, just a reminder, each uh, week we'll have a clipboard. Feel free to take uh, all these sheets home with you. There's a syllabus of kind of what we're going to be reading each week. And just as a reminder, you can not read any of this and just show up and we're delighted to have you. Or you can read through some of it or you can go totally in the deep end and we have more resources we'd love to share those with you throughout it but uh you got a, a notes page secondly really excited uh we have if you have if you know nothing about this class we've assembled a team of parents to function as like a virtual parenting panel and last week there were three questions that were submitted And in your packet, you will see what this parent panel, how they answered. And you'll see all sorts of different colors there. Those are different folks' responses. And we're hoping that they're gonna come at the very last class and reveal themselves in person. If not, these are folks that we look up to and who've got kids a little further on down the line. So we're blessed by what they have to say. So uh, just as a reminder, uh, you can submit a question to them, at any point in this class, like right now, uh, up until about eight o'clock on Sunday evening is when I'll shut it off. So,
1: And we didn't know how this was going to go. I mean, you just totally. like and the question responses we got back this week,
0: we were floored,
1: floored, floored. Absolutely. Um, just gracious responses. You, you'll see it. There's there's some vulnerable hindsight 2020. There's some. Um, there's, there's a thread of, of similarities in a lot of these responses. And, you know, the parent panel, they don't really know what each other is saying. They're not seeing that. Yeah, they um, haven't seen it at all. And, and, and what I see is the Spirit of God in this. It was really, it really affirmed that... Um, that there's some goodness and some fruit that's going to come out of this. I mean, I'm like, we could get a book out of this. At the no, end I day. think that's <laughs> actually
0: what we're going to do is maybe do something with it. But there is enough variety that mm-hmm. there's substantial differences and yet a clear unity on the most important matter. So last week and this week, we were talking about what's the goal of parenting? What's the point? What is our hope and desire? And that's a little bit of why we played that clip. But just as a reminder... You'll see at the very end, the last page, is got. it's got the discussion questions and the QR code of how you submit a question to this parenting panel. So we are not going to be offended if you take out your phone and you scan that while we're talking or in your small group. Just go ahead and let's assume that's what's going on. But feel free to do that. Our Theology on Tap does this all the time and maybe like folks uh, – I don't know, Gen Z is maybe a little easy, like more ready at, at just taking out their phones and scanning QR codes. But feel free to do that and submit any questions you want. I'll assemble them. And next week, you'll see what they have to, to say. So take these home and and read them. You'll be blessed. So why, you know, if you did listen to that, you just, again, we I think I sent out the link to the whole sermon that we played, but we played just 10 minutes. What stood out to you? What made you want both of us wanted to share that sermon as we started the class and we didn't get a chance to really talk about that last week
1: um what resonated in in that sermon is the word compromise and i think how that really takes the content that we're going to look at the next couple weeks is that um the question that so much of this is is spurring us on to ask is is where are those compromises in our lives based on the habits that we're forming, the um, intentional and unintentional liturgies that we are, are living in and that our children are uh, being modeled and then trying out themselves. And so uh, that, that the essence of compromise is um, something that has really, I think, taken me deeper into this stuff that we're going to read.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think for me... Uh, again, we've got this book right here is from last year. This book was written by an Anglican bishop in 1860. And the sermon we listened to last week was from 1940. And what was shocking was just how much of that applies to the own struggles in my own heart and in our family and things that I see in the world today, uh, particularly when it comes to, you know, I love that he talked about parents do by and large really want their kids to succeed. They want the best for their children. They want it in education, they want it in um, physical health, social graces, he talked about, but also uh, we tend to, the, the, the leftovers usually are on the thing that is most important, their spiritual lives and their soul. Uh, and that is always a perennial temptation, I think, in our own family. So it was relieving, I think, for me to know that this, these are things that people have struggled with for so long. Um, and yet the, the, the fundamental question is, what does it all matter if they gain the world and yet lose their soul, as Jesus said? What, what if they get all these things and they don't know God? That was the question that he ended with last week. And so we're, we're diving into uh, some of the stuff. We'll, we'll start off with Ryle now. Uh, did anybody get it? I won't ask you to raise your hand, but or you want to go ahead? Uh,
1: well— we only have one copy um and i highly suggest sharing a book with your spouse because you learn a lot about each other um justin has like meticulously underlined like two word things and makes notes and then me i'm like highlighting and putting oh that's five stars or that's a heart so you probably know this better and have distilled it better because i'm just like that's good that's good i i highlighted that
0: yeah uh (laughs) Well, that, uh, the, whatever way works for you, you know, and that's kind of what I do, but I think what, one of the things that we'll just do is cover some of the things that really resonated with us in each of these books mm-hmm. and then break out for discussion
1: because so, like last night when we were we were doing this it, it was it was just at first we said okay, well, we'll look at this and then we'll go to this." but the reality is, is, is just it, it almost like these two texts throw books back and like throw a ball back and forth at each other they're they're saying the same thing in such wonderful ways one more contemporary than the
0: other it really was like astonishing to look if you've had a chance to look at both of the the books from the you know the assigned reading for this week it's amazing how much overlap there is uh so i would say you know, the goal of parenting right what's what's the the hope right and both of them say the hope as christian parents is to form the love of god and the love of neighbor in our children's hearts, right, and so that is that is the goal. That not that they win the world and lose their soul, but that their souls are ever on our minds, right. And so, uh, J.C. Ryle talks a lot about Proverbs twenty-six or twenty-two six, which says, "Train a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it." How many of y'all is, have heard that verse before? Great, yeah, excellent. So I've heard it. Proverbs are uh, a fun thing because. You know, if you look at that, there is, you know, a command train the child in the way they should go, and a promise when he's old, he will not depart from it. Proverbs are not surefire guarantees, right? They are generally how God's designed the world to work. So if you think about, like, you know, there's a lot of condemnations of, like, the sluggard in Proverbs. And it's like, hey, if you roll over on your bed, you're sleeping all day, you're not working, it's not going to go well in life. Similarly, uh, those. It generally will go well for the parents who train their child in the way they should go, and when they are old, they will not depart from it. And I think right off the bat, talking about what is ours to own and to be responsible for and what we can't control, right, as parents. At the, at the end of the day, and he talks about this, I don't know where in what chapter, but we can't save our children. It's God who raises dead hearts and brings dead souls to life. And that's the condition of all of us. We're born in this world. And that's, that's where he starts, actually, in the very first chapter. He says, remember, children are born with a decided bias towards evil. And therefore, if you let them choose for themselves, they are certain to choose wrong. That is a very controversial statement in today's world because, by and large, we don't believe in original sin. Well,
1: I mean, and I, like, go, like, you meet someone's baby, and, like, what's the first thing you say? And, I mean, maybe I overthink it. I'm, like, paralysis by analysis. But you, like, hold someone's baby, and you want to be like, they're perfect.
0: What an angel.
1: What an angel. And I'm like, ah, no, like, they're a little sinner. Like, it's really hard to behold, like, when you've got this really cute, adorable... Yep. Wonderful creation.
0: Um, and they're wonderful. And there's an innocence, right? But yes. like the Bible is clear. Uh, it says here that folly is bound up in the heart of a child. Uh, David in Psalm 51.5 says that he was born sinful. He was sinful in the womb even before he was born. So uh, in Ephesians chapter 2 says that we were all dead in our sins and transgressions. I mean, dead people can't do much good, right? They, they have to be made alive. That's what regeneration is conversion is by the word of God. So we can't control our children's salvation, but we as parents are the most important vessels and instruments that God uses to bring often about the conversion of our children. Um,
1: And what I loved about these texts and what I was surprised by, and we talked last week about that gut punch feeling, um, is especially, I mean, duties for parents, it's, it's
0: he packs so much, and just like two, they're and it's pretty two pages radical. Chapters.
1: It's it's calling you to some pretty sacred, in at a level of intensity which I think we shy away from. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not you know you don't want to be those weirdos, right? You don't want to be seem different. Like maybe if I play it cooler, it will attract more people. But that is ultimately the compromise that will not. Shepherd my children to the promised land and um he has this great line on chapter four yes chapter four um, at the bottom of page 23 i put five highlighter stars and then another on the other side and i like really highlighted it and then i feel very affirmed because justin also put little things around it um but it said think of it in this way in every step you take with them in every plan i mean i mean he's not saying just in steps you take with them some plans you do it like in every step you take with them in every plan scheme and arrangement that concerns them ask yourselves this mighty question how will this affect their soul i mean that that shakes me as a parent it it shows me that i am a sinner right like oh my goodness (laughs) I'm going to mess this up royally. If, if, and, I, and I shy away. Like, I don't want to ask that question. I don't want to say, how will this affect their soul? Because it makes me woefully aware of, of how I can mess this up, of how little thought I'm putting into this.
0: Yeah, and that brings us a little bit uh, what we talked last week, was that parenting, like marriage, is... We often go into these relationships thinking that this is something that's going to make us tremendously happy. And that's true, <laughs> right? Like, there's something wonderful... And it does in a sense make us happy, but more importantly, God designs these relationships of parents to children and husband and wife to be the instruments, to be these the kind of incubator of holiness, where we are sharpened. There's no greater relationships, probably, like the more intimate relationships of marriage and parenting. You see one another as you really are, and your sin is exposed. And there are sh- there is shame and there is guilt. And we talked about that's kind of by design. God showed, gives us this to show us we don't measure up. And so what we're called to do, we fail at miserably. Mm-hmm. And the good news of the gospel is that we are forgiven even in our worst moments. And yet we're still, like going back to what he says here, We're the promise is to, out of gratitude of forgiveness of sins, to, to go in the way that God has shown us so that we can experience the life that he intends for us. So following his way uh, will ultimately lead to that.
1: And so that kind of can take you into this text, Habits of the Household. And I'll kind of, if you haven't read it, I'm going to just kind well, of just can distil... we, before we get to
0: that, there was a yes. part where, um, basically, did you get... I time. We, uh, we got uh, another 12 minutes before we go into breakouts, I think, um... So, okay, starting with the end in mind. So the conclusion, right, of this whole thing. This is, this is at the end of Duties of Parents by Ryle. Home is the place where habits are formed. Home is the place where the foundations of our characters are laid. Home is the place where our tastes, our likings, and opinions are influenced most. Given these truths, I beg you to see to it that you give careful training to your children in your home. I think it's remarkable that, like, I you know, I got these books before I read that exactly, and he's talking about that in 1860, mm-hmm. and then this is the book, Habits of the Household, which right into mm-hmm. it, right?
1: Um, and so what this begins with is, and, and I, I would very much suggest Audible for this. I mean, read it. It's lovely to highlight and have it to go back to. And he even says in this, and um, it's just wonderful, that he didn't picture... Anyone sitting down and, and reading this, like sitting down quietly, I'm going to devote, you know, 30 minutes to read this. He pictured it sitting on the kitchen counter with a spilled bottle next to it, and you know, it in your car just getting picked up. He he wants this to go along with the true rhythms of of our lives as parents and and the messiness of that. But um, he begins this whole book by sharing. Um, his bedtime routine and i think it's so relatable and it's just that bedtime is not going well he's got three boys in the house and a pregnant wife and they've done bath time and then he says um, he becomes an impotent general shouting commands and um, the boys are are wrestling naked in the house i mean you can you can picture this chaos you can almost put yourself empathetically in it like yep that's real um, and, and, that, that you can, I can feel at least the, 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 t- the intensity, you know, you're, you're barking those demands at your kids. You're hitting that wall and, um, and then it's bedtime and he walks out of the room and he closes the door and he says, I didn't feel the usual relief of bedtime being over. I felt conflicted and embarrassed. I wondered if the kids had sensed the irony when, before turning out the lights I gave them a short bedtime prayer and told them that God loves them, and I do too. I wonder what they think love means. Right? Right? Like, ouch, ouch. Um, And so that was the moment, he said, was exactly led him to the epiphany. This is our normal. And he murmured to himself, and it wasn't a good thing. And so this whole book um, was kind of spurred on by that moment of um, what are his typicals what are his normals and so you take that quote from J.C. Ryle that's saying in every moment and then you take a book like this it's going to take us into the habits of how we wake up and how we have bedtimes and how we talk among one another in the car and, um, and I'm excited about that right for my own personal um, sanctification and, and, and the shepherding of, of my children
0: I think it's on, it's both a really encouraging thing. So I think – I can't remember where in the book Habits of the Household – I think it's in the introduction when he says that it's in the most ordinary moments that some of the greatest spiritual training happens. Mm-hmm. And in some sense, it's incredibly wonderful to know. I, I don't have to be – you know, an expert in all of this, and just some of the basic things of life. You know, he talks about meal times and bedtimes. These are the training ground, so to speak, of forming love of Jesus and neighbor and our children. And yet it's also terrifying because if you think about what is your normal. I mean, that was some really difficult conversations in our house of mm-hmm. what is our normal? Where are the places that we are really struggling? Because what are they getting? Not so much in what we say we love, but in what we do that shows them what we really love
1: and i was surprised between the duties of parents the habits of household and those parent responses that we got the one thing that i hear echoed that i have tended to just play down um, is, is that um, home home is where it's happening and for me as like a working mom a working dad and our kids are in school like i had put so much more stock in in the influence of those things that they were were getting in other places but among all of this content it's saying home and um in this book he says the most christian way to think about our households is that they're little schools of love places where we have one vocation one calling to form all who live here into lovers of god and neighbor and um and i mean that's like you're, we're, we're all saying they're like yeah that's right that's okay practically um, and that's where I really enjoy the rawness of his, his writing because he's very much, you know, he says, so he created a bedtime liturgy. Um, and we have a lot of those liturgies in our lives, and you can talk more about that. But, but he, he created this, and what I really enjoyed reading was, and that he wants to make sure we all hear, is it didn't go well. It was messy. It was weird. His boys tried to poke his eyes when he was like, let me pray. Look in my eyes. Let me tell you I love you. You know, like, but by about two weeks in, something had shifted, and the boys were asking him for their liturgy, for that, for that blessing pronounced upon them of love and that reminder of God's love, and that, I think, is something where I will so often give up, and many of us will give up and say, well, it's just not working, but it's, it's I think where you can talk about liturgies and how habits are formed um, and what he, yeah. he really shared about.
0: Yeah, I think both, again, Ryle and Early are talking about the importance, so training, right? This, what, what a liturgy is, is a common practice that is meant to, um, all that we do actually communicate something and what we do with our bodies reinforces ultimately what, what our loves are. And so there's this quote here um, on page 10. I, I think this is amazing. In other words, you can't think yourself out of a pattern you didn't think yourself into. You practice yourself into it, so you have to practice your way out of it. Consider Habits of the Household, this book, as an effort to unite education and formation. Think about them as ways to align our heads and our hearts so we don't just know the right thing to do, we also love doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. That's getting at the power of liturgy, right? That's why we have on Sunday mornings, we, all of that is by design. Mm -hmm. And it's why it's training. I mean, if you went out and tried to run a marathon, you can read a book about how to run, but that's not going to help you train for a marathon. You actually, I mean, it may provide a little bit of help. I don't know, but like (laughs) until you're out there actually doing this, that's where the real training is. Right. And so, um, both Ryle and early hit on the importance of, of training and the importance of our, our habits, which reinforce ultimately what we love. And so I, I think that was one of the big takeaways for me was, there are all these little things in our, heart, in our days that, um, that teach our hearts, that form our hearts to love certain things. And oftentimes it's covert, it's kind of under the hood. And what we're doing in this time, and what we're inviting you to do is kind of take an audit of your life from a, what are the practices that you do that you don't even think about? And here's a guide, right? I mean, here are some of the... He starts in the beginning of the day and goes to the end of the day, as the way he's framed this book. But be thinking about those things that your family does uh, that train them to love something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I love going back to Marshall's sermon, right? I mean, he was like, you know, we do this all the time. And my kids know who Scotty Scheffler is and Jordan Speed, And mm-hmm. it's not a question of whether they're going to love them. They will love them. And this is how we're going to go about doing it. Or college football on Sunday. Like... It's not a question of where our allegiance lies. Do I have that same level of intentionality in forming their loves for Jesus Christ? Mm
1: -hmm. And this um, early talks about and as you get into it, if you've read it, if you have not read it, you're going to hear him talk about rules of life. And, um, before you break out into your, your conversations, perhaps you have done a rule of life before, perhaps you've heard of it, you're interested in it. So he actually wrote the book, the common rule, and it can help you do inventories of your life and help structure your life. And then something that I have done, um, is, (laughs) and Katie started with me, but no enneagram ones we get really ambitious i'm still not done with this um it has sat by my bedside and then sometimes i pick it up and sometimes i don't but this is a wonderful thing to look at if you're interested in in looking through this real quick ordering it because this actually as you cultivate throughout this time rules of life um rhythms in your life this has charts in it this has questions in it so maybe you know it's like how do you Set up your time, your trust, your temple, your treasure, and your talent daily, weekly, monthly, semi-annually, and annually. Um, and so these are kind of when you hear about the rules of life in this content, this is what it's talking about. Um, and the, um, the Benedictine and what is rule, rule has – it's an ancient it's, – it's your, it's your liturgies. It's the things that you stand by. It's your boundaries for contemporary language of like, you know, I will do this because I realize that this is formative – to the rhythms and the heart and the
0: mind yeah it's we tend to think of like a command is what the rule Mm -hmm. is or like a law and it's more like a trellis Mm. upon which um a plant or flowers can grow and flourish so it's kind of those skeleton habits right and what's so important in all of this is it begins with us Mm -hmm. it begins with our relationship with god and our own personal spiritual habits Mm -hmm. before we go into um that as parents so that's probably a good place to to break out. Do you want to talk a little bit about uh, how we're going to do small groups again? All right, y'all. I gave you a, a ton of questions. We're gonna we're gonna draw it back, um, and I want to talk briefly about what next week we are going to have. I, I put the wrong dates on the syllabus. Of course, uh, I thought we'd start yeah, Rally right. Sunday, and I put. That is the first one. So just read read September 25th, Our Own Spiritual Lives and Our Own Children. Uh, So we'll read in this uh, early, read the part about waking, pages 31 through 50. And then Duties of Parents, read Remember Your Example and Remember God's Example.
1: And I know for us that means this week we are going to work really hard on um, observing our patterns of waking. Um, so that we can intentionally reflect on that. That's kind of a good way to go through this because there's going to be a lot of that, like waking, meal times, and all that. So, like, spend this week really trying to observe your your waking routines.
0: That's right. Um, how, how you start the day is kind of what it what it's all about. I have yeah. So there's extra copies of this in the back if you don't have that. I didn't order this because apparently Amazon has. Only a couple left in stock of this version. You can find this for free as a PDF online. It's from 1860, so there's no copyright. Um, or you can get a little book uh, on Amazon, and there's all sorts. It's all the same material. Uh, so the the points that he makes correspond to the chapters that are, that are listed in here. So the m- most important thing is if you're going to follow along, do Waking, Chapter 1 of Habits of the Household, and then Chapter 13 and 14, remember God's example, remember your example for this. Wanted to give you a, a brief sec any questions that you have for us. Remember that QR code is available through the evening, so please do submit questions, anything related to family, faith, whatever, to that parenting panel. But is there anything you have for us as we come to a close? That's what we thought. Yeah. <laughs> you know who's gonna ask us any questions. Uh,
1: did you enjoy
0: talking? I hope, yeah.
1: Good. Yeah. Yes.
0: We, we want to give as much time to that as possible. Mm-hmm. Well, let me close us. Uh, I'm just going to read the full part of this quote just as a time to close us out with this thought in mind. Uh, it's our conviction and it's our goal, right? So no part of them, our children, should be as dear to us as that part, as that part which will never die. Think of it in this way. And every step you take with them, and every plan, every scheme, and every arrangement that concerns them, ask yourselves this mighty question, how will this affect their soul? Love for the soul is the soul of all love. To pander, pamper, and indulge our children as if this world was all they had to look to, and this life was the only season for happiness. To do this is not true love, but cruelty. Heavenly Father, we confess to you how woefully short we come to instill this vision in our children. We ask for a deeper sense of your grace this week, and we ask that your spirit would come and empower us to to boldly live for you in our own lives, to have a vibrant relationship with you that begins in our own heart and our own soul. Help us both this week and throughout this semester as we look at this issue of parenting To be sensitive to where your spirit is leading, to not feel overwhelmed and paralyzed, but to have one step that we can take. To put one foot in front of the other and to following you, knowing that your paths lead to our ultimate joy in this life and in the life to come. I thank you so much for those people who could come today and ask your blessing on them and on all of us as we seek to live according to your word this week. We pray all this in your son Jesus' name. Amen.